Well, hello, my friends. The grace and peace of our Lord and Savior be with you. I want to welcome you to the Sermons from the Cornfield podcast, a weekly podcast where the sermons that I preach each and every Sunday are uploaded for you to listen to and review. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill, and I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. God bless. Our sermon text and gospel reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of John. We're going to take a look at chapter 10 and verses 11 through 18. So again, this is John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18. Here now the words of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Friends, it's the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. The cross-country season that I was able to coach at the middle school this past fall was a short one, but it afforded what I think is one of the best experiences that you can have as a young person. It's getting out of school early, Boarding that blue and white activity bus, and then heading to another school to compete. I used to love going to other schools back when I was in middle school and high school, particularly those I had not been to before. But here's a difference that's unique to cross country. If you go to another school's campus to play, let's say football, you know the field is going to be roughly 100 yards long and 50 yards wide, no matter where you go. If you go to another school to play baseball, let's say, you know the bases are going to be 90 feet apart and the pitching rubber is going to be 60 feet, 6 inches from home plate, no matter where you go. You go somewhere else to play basketball, another gym, you know the goals are going to be 10 feet high and the court roughly an 84 by 50 rectangle. Everywhere. The playing fields, the courts, are going to be the exact same no matter what campus you go to. But not so with cross country. There are really no particulars, no rhymes, no reasons as to what the course has to look like just so long as it fits the distance requirements. For us, you had two races. You had a one-mile race and a two-mile race. And as long as your course was a mile or two miles long, it can go just about anywhere you wanted it to. In woods, over creeks, wherever, through parking lots. So before each meet, the competing teams would all have to gather. 
and the head coach of the team hosting the meet would then walk everybody along the course. You could see, you know, mile markers and turns and other kinds of things you would need to know to be able to run and finish the race completely. And since we had never been to some of these schools before as a team and never run these courses before, had no idea where the thing, what the thing even looked like until 30 minutes before start time, it was imperative that you listen and you look and you pay attention. Now, I was coaching a bunch of chatty, excitable teenagers. And I found myself over and over again having asked, hey, fellas, you listening? And the answer, of course, each time was what? Yes. Yes, yeah. We got it. We got it. And then as we make our way to the starting line, without fail, at least one, oftentimes two or three, would look at me, eyes big as saucers. Coach, I don't, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Well, sometimes I try to lighten the mood a little bit. I say, well, you're not going to be in the lead anyway, so don't worry about it. Just follow everybody else. But it happened at every meet at every school that we went to. It happened when we went to Camp Kale for the final meet of the season. And I chalked it all up with being unfamiliar with the territory. Of not listening and not following the path that has been laid out before us. So right now you're probably sitting back in the pew a little bit. Or if you're watching on Facebook, your sofa or whatever. And you say, oh, I got it. Listen to Jesus. Follow his path. Got it. Great sermon, Pastor Mark. But let me ask you this. We're all familiar with Jesus as the good shepherd, are we not? We all have seen paintings of Jesus carrying sheep around his shoulders. We all just about have the 23rd Psalm memorized. We've all made the little sheep with cotton balls and popsicle sticks. But here's the question. If Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and that presumes the existence of what? A bad shepherd. You know, Jesus didn't say, I'm a shepherd. He put a qualifier on it. He put a disclaimer on it. He said, I'm a good shepherd. And in fact, in our story this morning, it makes a distinction between a good shepherd and a hired hand. So maybe the question we should say is not so much, hey, fellas, are you listening? It should be, hey, fellas, who are you listening to? Because just blind following or listening without the discernment of the Holy Spirit won't do you any good. Because you can find yourself following a bad shepherd. You can find yourself following a hired hand sometimes even if you know better. And here's what that can look like. Because we did have one meet at Camden Middle School. We had a home meet. So I was going to make sure that our kids do every square inch of that course. Didn't want any confusion as to what path they were supposed to follow. And so one Sunday afternoon, Gray and I went out there. And we walked it. And we measured it. I printed out a Google map overview of the campus. I drew it out. Then we ran it. Knew exactly where it would be, what it would be. So the next day at practice, as a team, we walked it slowly and methodically. 
I said, visualize running this, right? Here's where we're going to turn. Here's where we're going to do this. Here's where we're going to do that. Then when we got finished, we jogged it again as a team. Visualize it, Thad. Visualize it. Know where you're going to go when the meet comes up later on this week. And to try and fire them up a little bit, to try and gain just a little of a psychological advantage, I started referring to our home course as the den. Now, why did I call it the den? Well, what's the mascot of the middle school? Well, Cubs. Where do Cubs live? The den. This is our house. This is our den, right? It's all week. They're coming to the den this week, fellas. Coming to the den. They ain't ready for the den, fellas, I'm telling you. We got to defend the den this week, guys. So I wanted them to focus. We walked it and ran that thing, I bet, six, eight times. Get ready for them. Anybody knew the path, it was our kids. Roughly the course you start, you run to a half mile marker, do a loop, and come right back. Could have been simple. First race is a one mile girls' race. As they get about, I don't know, a quarter mile or so to the end, a Perquimans girl was in first, and one of our girls was second. Well, the Perquimans girl, I guess maybe she wasn't paying attention at the walkthrough. She started to slow up and slow down and then stop. Now, her coach was trying to wave her on, and I was kind of trying to wave her on. <laughs> because I saw our girl coming up fast behind her. Our girl knows it. She knows exactly what's getting right. We're going to win this one. Because she is going to roar right by this girl who doesn't know the way. Instead, even though she knew the course, knew the path, knew the way, saw me there waving her on because she saw the other girl slow down and stop. She did too. She knew the path. She knew the course. She knew the way, yet she chose to do what? Follow a bad shepherd. That's our story a lot of times, isn't it? Because we all know the path towards righteousness. We all know the path towards our salvation. We all know how to get to eternal life with the Father, yet how many times do we end up listening to a bad shepherd or following a hired hand? And then we get ourselves in trouble. Who are you listening to? Who are you following? A good shepherd or a hired hand? You may say, well, what's the difference? Well, here's the difference. This is what Jesus tells us. Because God understand that regardless of our images of this meek, mildly, kind, Psalm 23, shepherd Jesus, in our story this morning, he's not talking to faithful Christians on their deathbeds. He's not gathered children around him for a children's message. He's rebuking a group of Pharisees. See, they were offended because Jesus has just healed a blind man on the Sabbath. And instead of rejoicing about this blind man now being able to see, the Sadducees and Pharisees are harassing this man. And they're harassing his family because of their association with Jesus. In response to their criticism, Jesus then brings up this idea of an occupation that is more than familiar to the Jews at that time. The good shepherd and the hired hand. And the difference between the two friends has to do with commitment. 
Because a hired hand is just that. He's paid to care for somebody else's sheep. His connection to the sheep is just transactional. What am I going to get out of it? He's committed to the sheep, yeah, I guess, but only as far as he is committed to himself. And when danger arises, when the wolf comes, <laughs> that hired hand is gone. He's going to take care of his own needs, his own safety. He's going to flee. And it's this lack of commitment that makes him incapable of providing protection. You know somebody like that? Might be a friend, might be a co-worker, might be a family member. Leads you down a certain path, and then when danger comes, when trouble arises, you look, there's nowhere to be found. You really want to associate with somebody like that? But now contrast this with a good shepherd. A good shepherd carries for the sheep because the sheep, what? Are his. They belong to him. And he loves them. Not for his own sake, but for the sake of his sheep. He won't abandon them when the wolf arrives. He won't flee when trouble comes. He won't go when danger comes. He won't leave when hard times arrive. No, he'll protect and defend his sheep. They are secure with him. Because the good shepherd will lay down his life for those that he loves. This is the heart of the gospel message this morning. As his resurrection demonstrated, Jesus has the ability to both lay down his life and then pick it right back up again. And not only is he capable of that, he is committed to doing that. Out of love and concern for his sheep, he is willing to give himself to the wolf to protect them. Give his very life to protect them. And thanks be to God, friends, you are among his sheep. You are included in the fold. And as such, friends, you enjoy the protection and security of a shepherd who is both committed to your safety and fully committed to delivering on his commitment as your shepherd. Don't you want to listen to somebody like that and be led by somebody like that? Capable and committed. But friends, Jesus is not only committed to those gathered in here this morning or those watching us on Facebook. In verse 16, Jesus tells the Pharisees, look, there are other sheep that are not yet part of this fold. Now here he's referring to the Gentiles. But what he's doing is foreshadowing Jesus' mission to all the nations of the world. And as we stand here this morning, friends, that mission is not yet complete. There are still more sheep to gather. Jesus says he must bring them also into his flock. And Jesus tells us, they will listen to my voice. But here's the thing. To listen to his voice first, they got to hear it. They got to hear it. And that's where you come in, church. Up to this point, we've talked about making sure that we are listening to good shepherds. And that we are following good shepherds. And they were not following bad shepherds or hired hands. But you also got to do something. To bring others to his flock, Jesus needs them to hear his voice. This is why Jesus sent his disciples out after his resurrection. And this is why today he sends you. This is what he sends you to do throughout the days and weeks to come. Because friends, you are equipped and called to participate in the loving commitment of the good shepherd. 
Jesus continues to gather other sheep in, and he does it through the selfless serving and the gracious speaking of his people. That's you. And that's me. Of course, we're not committed to this naturally, are we? I think we're honest with ourselves. We're oftentimes more like hired hands, a little more concerned with our own well-being than we are others. But thankfully, through Jesus' blood, we are forgiven of our own selfishness. And we are assured of God's grace and mercy. And we have been restored, friends, not to be hired hands, but to be sons and daughters of the Most High. To go out and speak with the voice of the Good Shepherd to others. Because right now, I bet that you could name people in your lives who will never step foot in a church. And because of that, they're never going to hear my voice. These are people who are searching without success for one that is both capable and committed to protecting them and making them secure. And that's where your voice comes in. This is where you have to tell them this. That Jesus is their good shepherd too. That he has laid down his life for them too. That he has taken it back up for them, too. And that through his church, he will continue to gather them into his fold. And we got to tell everybody that. Not just the ones in here. And not just the ones watching online. And so, yes, friends, I do ask you, are you listening? I also ask you, who are you listening to? But above all, I want to challenge you. Are you willing to speak on behalf of the Good Shepherd? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. God bless.